0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Notify Reboot You First, the podcast that takes popular properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tanner. Lindsay, I am pretty sure I know what you're doing this week. <laughs> you sure? I'm I'm almost sure. <laughs>
1: uh, I am
0: twenty five percent sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, do you want to? take a stab at guessing?
0: Is it the photorealistic CGI Beowulf movie? No. Aw, ah, darn. But
1: it is medieval poetry. Okay. Um, it's actually Arthurian, so Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Ooh. Yeah.
0: That classic- wait, doesn't that start around Christmas anyways? Yeah.
1: That's why I picked oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It
0: is topical.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In the most, like, <laughs> thinnest way possible,
0: you know with those those ancient Christmas traditions of decapitation
1: <laughs> and men dressed all in green, hmm,
0: and wasn't he also colored green?
1: uh, I don't think in the original poem, but um, in pretty much every illustration, they make him like entirely green.
0: What if the Grinch is actually the green knight? <laughs>
1: Uh, hopefully the og hand-drawn grinch not the various other iterations
0: no it's the live action jim carrey grinch he's descended from the green knight and the Who's have to decapitate him in order to save christmas
1: better stay dead (laughs) (laughs) i know that a lot of people in our age bracket in particular love that grinch because it was very formative but like I grew up with the original Grinch. It was always played on the CBC around Christmas.
0: Like, I can appreciate the Jim Carrey Grinch because even though it is extremely Jim Carrey, it <laughs> still manages to stay true to, like, the spirit of the Grinch tale.
1: I guess. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> I think whenever we get a TV trip's page up, there's just going to be something about Lindsay's visceral hatred for the Jim Carrey Grinch.
0: Yeah. Now how do you feel about Bangladesh Counterspells Grinch?
1: Kind of indifferent actually.
0: I hear it's bad.
1: Yeah, I heard it's One of our
0: friends went to see it one night and then he came, like, I was there when he left and I was there when he came back and he was (laughs) like, you guys you don't need to see the new Grinch. It's it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, I heard it was... Yo, I
0: could have told you that.
1: Yeah. I heard it was bad in that sort of like, it wasn't even like a fun bad. Almost like a Kind of boring bad.
0: They, like, no, sorry, but spoilers for New Grinch, if anyone at all cares. (laughs) But, like, apparently he started off loving Christmas and then something went wrong and he didn't like it. And they overused the screaming goat. Ugh. Which I could have told you that they were going to overuse the screaming goat. Yeah. That's just what the studio does. Mm Mm-hmm. They love mascot characters. Yeah. How can we monetize... How can we monetize a movie about how Christmas should stop being monetized?
1: Just monetize the fuck out of it. Ah,
0: I'm the Grinch, and I'm gonna stop you from buying a Honda.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah. So anyway, to further get onto the topic of thinly veiled pre-Christian stuff in a in our <laughs> in uh, Christmas traditions, we're gonna be talking about Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. So for those People who don't know about it, this is an Arthurian romance written in the 14th century by a an unknown monk. Nobody knows who he is. He's often called the Pearl Poet, or he's also known as the Gwynne Poet. Um, he seems to be from somewhere in the Midwestlands of England, so that's like in the western part of England that borders Wales. And he was probably a monk, somewhat well read, yada, yada, yada. He threw in a lot of very regional stuff into this poem.
0: So he was pandering.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. And a lot of that regional stuff includes a lot of really Celtic uh, stuff, like green, of course, and centering stuff around a particular holiday. And A lot of older Celtic uh, pre-Christian stories, like anything involving like Cookelein. The events start off at Halloween or Shaowen. Nice. Yeah. Um, Is
0: he the Halloween mascot? Yeah. <laughs> Is Kukulane Jack Skellington?
1: Kukulane's too pretty most of the time until he goes into one of his gayish forms and then <laughs> he kinda gets
0: Ugh. He gashed too hard and he <laughs> turned into a sexy skeleton.
1: Also, we should probably put some like the um, oh what's it called? I don't know what the Irish name is, but it's like the battle for the bull of Cooley, and that's all like Kukalane's big story. That we'll one... probably
0: be rebooting Kukulein at a later date. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because he's freaking badass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, we are now entering the world, the messy world, the fun world of Arthurian mythology. <laughs> Basically, the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight is on Christmas at Camelot, everybody's celebrating, have a good, having a good time, then all of a sudden this giant guy dressed in green walks in and is like
0: The jolly green giant (laughs) bursts into Camelot
1: (laughs) and is like, hey you want to play a game?
0: (laughs) Ho 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 let's sword fight
1: (laughs) Yeah, so if uh, you can cut off my head next year you come to my place, I cut off your head and you get a prize
0: For, For the semantics he's challenging him He's challenging someone to cut off his head right now.
1: Uh, and then... Yeah. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Uh, he challenges pretty much any... The Bravest Knight in Camelot, and Arthur is about to challenge him because everybody else is like, ooh, that doesn't sound great. And yeah, then cut
0: off my head now, and then if you manage to cut my head off next year, I get a chance to cut off your head.
1: And you get this awesome axe.
0: Yeah, and, and half... Like, most people are like that doesn't make sense, because I would already (laughs) have cut off your head. And other people are, like, aware of the fact that they live in a weird and wild (laughs) legendary world where anything can happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, if you look up the historical night powers, I think one of them is just (laughs) Ant-Man.
1: Yeah, basically. So...
0: And so they're aware that if someone says, cut off my head and I'm gonna cut off yours next year, they're like, oh, he can back this up.
1: Yeah. So Arthur's about to challenge him and then his youngest nephew... Sir Gawain is like, nah, I'll do it. (laughs) Please, uncle, please, please, please. And he's like, it'd be a
0: Christmas miracle. Decapitations.
1: (laughs) Okay. So Gawain cuts off the Green Knight's head. And then the Green Knight gets up, puts his head back on. It's like, here's where my place is. Come back next year. uh, Year and a day. And we'll do this. And you can get my cool axe.
0: I've put it in the iCalendar. calendar. I've, <laughs> I've enabled sharing.
1: <laughs> and then he, all yatties. <laughs> and everybody's got to calm down Guinevere and all that because, yeah, you saw a guy get his head cut off and then put the head right back onto his neck. <laughs> so then Sir Gawain... Maybe
0: the Green Knight is Jack Skellington.
1: <laughs> yeah, and oh, by the way, his... Oh, uh, oh wait, no, he doesn't reveal what his name is until later. Okay, Gawain. Uh, he waits around until sometime in December, I guess, uh, to go on this quest to fulfill this challenge. So. Oh,
0: so like he waited the whole year and then he finally started.
1: Or, uh, I don't know. Maybe he was super excited and just like went out right away. It. They kind of. Look, they don't really put an emphasis on like. When this is whether his happened.
0: quest took a full year or like two weeks. Yeah. I feel like that would be an important part.
1: I don't think they mention it or like maybe uh I don't I don't know. Time is weird in these poems anyway.
0: Maybe he did start like immediately after the green knight left and they kept on like trying to meet with each other and then it was a whole bunch of like ships passing <laughs> in the night and it was so tiring and through the whole thing Gawain was just like, "Oh, maybe I'm just going to spend Christmas by myself this year." <laughs> He gets- Callback.
1: Yeah, yeah. He gets sidetracked onto various other side quests. <laughs> because if Miss and Legends have taught me anything, Gawain won't refuse a pretty lady.
0: This is true. <laughs> Gawain's just a JRPG character. He will perform any side quest for a generically attractive woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She doesn't even have her own sprite. It's just a normal overworld woman sprite. <laughs> He's like, no, I gotta I gotta get 100% com- completion.
1: <laughs> Look, I need to get that grail. <laughs> 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 and then Galahad just like zoinks that one out and ascends to a higher plane of existence. Uh, a self-yeet. Yeah, so anyway, um, eventually Gawain actually goes out on this journey. And he goes up through what I'm guessing is the West Midlands, probably into Wales and all that. Until he finally, after many a battle with the various ward woes and wild men and giants of the forests of uh, sub-Roman Britain, he stumbles upon Sir Bertalac, who is a giant man with a red beard and dressed all in green.
0: Guess who he is? Um, He's the guy who's going to give Gawain... A hidden mic so that Gawain can impress a girl while Sir 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 Anno de Bergerac is giving him all the good lines through the earpiece.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Sir Bertilac is like, Hey, you look like a knight who's been having it kind of rough for the past while. Do you want to like kind of my place and you know have a male? And Gawain's like, Yes.
0: It has been two weeks or a year <laughs> since I had a good meal.
1: <laughs> I've Either oh, way. Yeah, either way? Thanks. Um, so yeah, Gawain tells him about what his quest is, and he's like, Oh, yeah, we're not that far from the Green Tower. How about you stay, rest a while until you actually have to go to this appointment? And Gawain's like, Great. I like being in a bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sir Go Gawain is like, I really can't stay, but Sir Berlac is, but it's cold outside.
1: <laughs> and Gawain's like, yeah, yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> and listen, it's green outside.
1: <laughs> well, it is Britain, they don't really get snow.
0: No, they just get rain.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if um, if Tumblr has taught me anything about Britain, they get like a skiff of snow, and then they're like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, this is when the fun stuff happens, because Sir Bertilac also offers his own talent. He's like, okay, so you got about three days before you have to go, so I'll go out hunting, and whatever I catch, I give to you, and whatever you find in the house, you give to me. And that's when Gawain sees Lady Bertilac. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first day, Gwen sleeping in, Lady Bertilak slips into his room being all sexy and just trying to get him to, you know, do the horizontal tango, and he's <laughs> like, no, no, I can't violate the rules of hospitality and your chastity and all that, what would your husband say? And she's like, would you just take a kiss? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so that evening when Sir Bertolak comes back with some of the hunt I think it's like a deer or something Gawain's like oh shit I just laid about in bed all day Uh, so he goes in for the hug and like awkwardly (laughs) he has gotta kiss this guy (laughs) and then the next day same that's like
0: an AO3 fanfic (laughs) prompt
1: I know oops
0: your girlfriend kissed me so now I have to kiss you
1: (laughs) So the next day, same thing happens, but this time, Gawain gets two kisses from Lady Bertilak. Now he's gonna kiss Sir Bertilak twice. And then on the third day, he gets three kisses from Lady Bertilak. She offers him... One of her rings, but he's like, "Ooh, no, that's that's actually that's
0: too obvious." Yeah, that's
1: too obvious. And she's like, "Well, I got this uh this girdle, this uh silk belt. Basically, you could like wear it under something, and nobody would notice. And also, it'll give you like uh, magical protection." So he's like, "Actually, yeah, that one sounds good." <laughs> so he takes that, uh, gives Bertolacc the three kisses, but he doesn't give the green belt. So and then he th- explodes. Yeah. <sighs> also, MacGuffin!
0: Arthurian legend has a lot of questionable relationship values, questionable sexualities, questionable incest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because wait for the reveal on who Lady Bertalac is.
0: <sighs> There's only two women. Even if you think you find if you think you've found an additional women in Arthurian legend, it's really only one of the two women.
1: Yeah. So Gawain sets out on the fourth day to go to the Green Tower to meet up with the Green Knight. The Green Knight's already there. He's like got a whetstone out, and he's sharpening the axe and he's like, You ready? <laughs> and Gawain's like, ah, sure. <laughs> so the number three comes up in this all the fucking time. Um It's almost as bad as Russian fairy tales.
0: (laughs) Well, the Celts really like number three, don't they?
1: Yeah. Three is like, aside from the whole like obvious Trinity thing, three just in a lot of different cultures has uh, special properties and all that. So anyway, Sir Bertilac swings once and just misses a Gawain. He swings twice, also misses him a second time and then swings a third time and just nicks him on the neck. Because of that green belt. And then he's like, okay, that's enough. You what? won. Or, <laughs> you didn't really win because of technicalities. But come up, I got some stuff to tell you. So he reveals <laughs> that he is, in fact, uh, Sir Bertilak.
0: What? The man dressed in green? Was the man dressed in green the entire time?
1: <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know about the whole belt thing. Like, um, me and the wife... Kind of plan this all out because she, she's actually Morgan Le Fay, and she wanted to scare Guinevere to death because of that whole thing, and oh yeah, Gawain's probably kind of grossed out by all that kissing now because um, Morgan Le Fay is his aunt.
0: <laughs> yeah, Morgan Le Fay don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleep with my
1: brother, make out with my nephew, all in the name of fucking over Arthur. So basically he doesn't get the sweet axe, but Gwen is allowed to keep the uh, sweet axe. He belt. doesn't get the sweet ass? Axe. Okay. Yeah. That awesome green axe. Yeah.
0: That Look at the curvature of that axe. Yeah. yeah. It's so firm.
1: <laughs> but he does get to keep the girdle. And he goes back. And he's kind of ashamed, you know, young dude, probably on like one of his first quests or whatever. And he kind didn't of didn't even
0: get to a decapitate anyone on Christmas yeah. again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He kind of, he kind of biffed that one. <laughs> so he gets back to Camelot, but everybody's like, hey, at least you tried. And you were honest about, you know, making this kind of mistake. You know, that's good on you. You can stay at the round table. It's a good lesson to learn. The end. So now we got to turn this into a movie.
0: Okay, yeah. so are we keeping it Arthurian or are we going with a settings update?
1: Arthurian. Okay. I like Arthurian. Okay. And I was thinking, I for a bit I was thinking live action, but then I'm like, you know what? Animate it. Like, turn this into one of those shorts that you play on, like... Yeah, I
0: was thinking you can't really add a lot to Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It's very... It's like a fairy tale yeah. where there's not a lot that happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's not much... The second act isn't that long. Unless, like, you include the whole staying over at the Bertilax as the second act. I, I don't know. I talk a big game about, you know, film and all that, but I don't know the first thing about film structure beyond what I've gleaned from Lindsay Ellis's videos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was just thinking, like, a quick animated movie no more than 90 Minutes. 90 Minutes would be pushing it.
0: Oh, okay. yeah, I was thinking, like, 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, 60 minutes at...
0: Because I was thinking we could streamline parts of it.
1: Yeah. Like, we could do a a montage of, like, the journey up to the Bertalax.
0: Well, I was thinking is that instead of making it two weeks or a year, which, no, I'm not going to let that go, that division of time.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) We could have it that the Green Knight gets decapitated and he's like okay Gawain, now you when you have to find me and decapitate me and so he leaves and Gawain prepares and then he leaves shortly after and then he meets the Bertilak on the road okay and so then it's like they're with him for the whole journey and Lady Bertilak yeah and hot aunt Morgan le Fay
1: <laughs>
0: she is doing the flirting while Sir Bergerac is uh, bur- wait birdlack See, I made that one joke, and now I keep forgetting if it's burgerack or Birdalac. Yeah,
1: it's okay.
0: So Sir Bert... <laughs>
1: so
0: while Sir Bert is hunting, Lady Bert is... Sawing Shirshi Ronan. She... she... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the hot aunt is flirting <laughs> with her nephew while her alleged husband is out hunting. <laughs> You know, if this is an animated movie for children, we don't have to point out that Morgan Le Fay is the aunt. Who said that that this is
1: going to be for kids?
0: You know some parent is going to want to show it to their kids.
1: I know, but...
0: I'm almost certain that parents have learned nothing in the years since animation has become for more grown-ups. Hence the reason why there are children who can quote Family Guy on the drop of a hat. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot has changed from... Oh, look, Timmy, this is an animated movie like your Dragon Balls. You can watch Akira. (laughs) Uh,
1: That picture of the kid with the copy of Perfect Blue. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's a new Watership Down movie coming out, and there will be a whole generation of kids traumatized.
0: I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I'm pretty sure our age group will know better.
0: I mean, I, was, I never got the full exposure to Watership Down. Like, when I learned of it, it was, like, as a teenager and being told about it by people who knew. And, like, it was kind of, like, the warning.
1: Yeah. Same here. <laughs> oh,
0: I do vaguely remember that there being a Watership Down cartoon. I think yeah, it was made by the was. same people who did Redwall.
1: Yeah, and I also think it was on um, Teletoons, for a while. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: We should do Redwall Reboot.
1: We have to do Redwall reboot.
0: I'll add it to the list, but first I have to actually read the first book.
1: Yeah.
0: And the anime adaptation was made by Nelvana.
1: Okay, yeah. That's why we remember that one.
0: (laughs) We should do, like, just a full Nelvana tribute episode.
1: Yeah. Such a formative part of our childhood. So, anyway, yeah. Not all animation is for kids. To any parents listening out there.
0: If animation involves decapitation or defenestration.
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, and we could probably get like a fairly artsy style anyway. hmm One of my favorite, not so much for the story, but just for the aesthetic Disney movies was Sleeping Beauty because it had that really, really cool, almost tapestry like feel to it. Yeah, I also really like the Secrets of the Kells. It was an Irish uh animated film. I think it was called The Secrets of the Kells.
0: Yes, Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that one. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And it's also got a really neat art style. So, I don't know. Like, they're two very different art styles, Sleeping Beauty and Secrets of the Kells. But, like, something that kind of feels medievally without being too much of, like, a a pistache, if you Pastiche? will. Pastiche? Pastiche, yeah.
0: A pistache is a nut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lindsay can't afford today. <laughs> she had to go to work. And work just, like, sucks her soul out. I feel like at the end of a four hour shift, you know, like in manga when you have like the soul ghost leaving a person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, 60 minute movie animated neat art style. It has to be neat and like eye catching in a way. And like when I say like animation is not for adults, I'm not saying like it has to be like super sexy or anything. It's just another storytelling medium.
0: They're just going to do a hot makeout between Sir Bert and Gawain.
1: <laughs> Super awkward with that big beard.
0: Which Arthurian knight is canonically the gayest?
1: Uh, My head just goes to like Galahad. I don't know why. Maybe it's the whole pure purity Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I'm too pure to sleep with a woman. That's the excuse I'm going with.
1: (laughs) He's also, in a lot of artwork that I've seen of Galahad, he's got a more youthful look anyway. So maybe he gives off some twink vibes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Aren't... Aren't there some theories also that the love triangle between Lancelot, Guinevere, and Arthur went in all three directions?
1: Probably. Like, you gotta wonder why Arthur didn't see the whole thing with Guinevere and Lancelot. Being a workaholic can only go so far.
0: (laughs) I had an idea for a King Arthur retelling where Guinevere is actually a pair of half-identical twins. Okay. Okay. That no one can tell apart. Yeah. Except one's a guy and one's a girl. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, Arthur can get one and Lancelot can get the other. And everything's fine. Yeah. Also, I think King Arthur did have a talking sword. And I'm pretty sure the Camelot could fly.
1: Well, weirder stuff has cropped up in actual yes. Arthurian lore anyway.
0: This is true. I need to find a list of some of those Roundtable Knight superpowers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's also why I love collective storytelling over like the whole orthodoxy that the author can only be the one who ever has say over what is canon and what is not nah. yeah
0: the king arthur legends were actually just the very first DD game yeah. where everyone was min maxing
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like lancelot was straight up a marty stew
0: oh good i found a list on reddit
1: oh <laughs> nice
0: um sir Kay. Yeah. In Welsh tradition, is the most superhuman of the knights. He could fire heat from his hands, grow giant, hold his breath for nine days and nights. <laughs> Later stories reduce him to the role of Arthur's bullying Seneschal, because the French thought Lancelot was the coolest.
1: Yeah, look at that- By the way, cr-
0: Lancelot's just the best! At one point he was able to cure serious injuries, but that was explicitly through divine intervention.
1: Look, Chrétien d'Artois, we know that he's your OC, and we're not gonna steal him, okay?
0: Gawain is the best knight and his strength waxes and wanes with the sun. Okay. Galahad is also the best knight, perfect and holy, therefore got to find the grail and then ascend to heaven. He was also the only man who could sit in the siege perilous without dying.
1: Yeah, because he was too pure for this earth.
0: So if you're... The most powerful knights are the gayest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And vice versa. The most powerful gays are also knights. Yeah. (laughs) If you've reached... The the excellent level of queerness, like RuPaul, no, not RuPaul. They they wouldn't be knighting anyone. No. Um, I don't know who's who's peak queer right now.
1: Uh,
0: Laverne Cox.
1: Yeah, Laverne Cox.
0: Laverne Cox just appears to you. She like steps out of your mirror, <laughs> and then pull like brings out her sword and she knights you, <laughs> as the greatest of the queer knights. <laughs> Fuck that actually sounds like a good idea for a real story. I have to write that down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Like, nobody really talks about how fucking weird Arthurian myth is. Like, there's actually this one theory out there that I think holds a lot of water where it's just like these were originally Celtic and Cornish gods who got turned into mortals by Oh damn. Yeah, through Christianization. Yeah.
0: Scion campaign. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I have to check. I don't know if Wickdib has covered the Arthurian era, but damn. I hope I hope Kieran Gillen has ideas for anything that happened during that.
1: Yes. Oh, man.
0: Uh, let me see. Bors was the third man virtuous enough to find the Grail, but unlike Galahad and Percival, he got to come home afterwards. Yeah. After Galahad, like, turned into the sun and Percival just straight up died.
1: Yeah. Poor Percival.
0: Bedivere was the most handsome, one of the most handsome men in the world. (laughs) And it was said that he could finish a woman with just his
1: eyes.
0: (laughs) God, can you imagine that? You're just like, you're in the Camelot crowds, you're watching the knights, and then Bedivere just looks at you, and you're just like, oh my god!
1: Oh, man.
0: Is it just women? I have to ask this now. Is it just women? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Bedivere also has super speed.
1: (laughs) Okay, he's also the Flash.
0: He is also- well, he can only run three times faster than the normal man. But in medieval terms-
1: That's fast. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Oh, Lancelot was also raised by the Lady of the Lake in some sources. But I think, depending on the myths, there's multiple Lancelots and also multiple Ladies of the Lake-
1: also, as I have kept on saying, Lancelot was a fucking O.C. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Christian
0: d'Artois. He was an O.C. for all of France. Yeah. <laughs> King Arthur is the greatest hero in all of England. And then the French are like, okay, but what if we introduce our O.C. and this ruin everything?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: is it's- this how the rivalry began?
1: It's like, no wonder Tolkien didn't really like the Arthurian myths. He's, he's looking <laughs> at them and he's like, these are so fucking French.
0: This is all garbage. I'm going to Norway and Shakespeare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like, the entire idea for the Rohirrim was, hey, what if the Anglo-Saxons had cavalry? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. He was still bitter about the Battle of Hastings then again the normans kind of fucked over english
0: oh yeah you know how like there's this legend of excalibur which is like in england's time of greatest need he who wielded excalibur once shall wield it again and like arthur will return or something like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: well you know the show librarians yeah they solved that using time travel oh flynn wielded excalibur in modern times to defeat the illuminati who were being led by lancelot okay right i think it was lancelot or maybe it was. Should I can't remember which one was Lancelot and which one was Galahad.
1: Also, I think Galahad is Lancelot's son.
0: Well, they're both immortal, so they have a lot of baggage. Yeah. Yes, it was Lancelot. Okay. Played by Matt Frewer. Ooh. Yeah. So he wielded the Excalibur to help defeat the Illuminati, being led by Matt Frewer's Lancelot. And they're like, "How can you wield it? You've never wielded it before." And then in the second season, Flynn and Eve got sent to the past to defeat Prospero, who is actually Shakespeare with superpowers. <laughs> And they were given Lancelot by the Ladies of the Lake, who were also scientists from the future. And so because Flynn wielded Lancelot in the past, he could leave, wield it in the present. But because he wielded it before in his own timeline, he could wield it a second time in his own timeline. <laughs> also, Excalibur, also, Excalibur has the personality of a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs>
1: Like, that's so different from Duck Nint's sword. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. If, no, it, because of the canon, it can't be, but it would be great if it turned out that, <laughs> that the sword was actually Excalibur the whole time. That beacon was Excalibur.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Ah, the... I believe you should get off your butt and go kill Lancelot because he is trying to take your girlfriend
1: <laughs> Also, I was going to make a comment about Shakespeare being Prospero and the whole fact that uh, a lot of people think that Prospero is kind of a self-insert for old Shakespeare. So it fits. <laughs>
0: Well, what happened was Shakespeare was so mad at having to retire that he wrote so well that he turned into Prospero, and then he went on a bit of a mage spree, but then he got portaled to the future. No, he got... How did it happen? He got sucked into one of his books, and then he came back in the future, but in the future they read good Shakespeare to him, and he turned back into Shakespeare, and so they sent him back to the past... But even Flynn couldn't come back to the future, so Shakespeare turned them to stone, like how in A Winter's Tale, and then they were able to be revived in the present in a secret library room, because enough time had passed, and so, like, the true love was able to turn them back into humans again. But they were able to do this all without violating causality, which means that they didn't all turn into dinosaurs, like Dr. Pinkerton Chantosaur.
1: (laughs) The Librarians
0: is good, and I need to add a season five of that to my list. Yeah,
1: And I was just going, like, Ars Paradoxica made more sense, and they involved, like, the Philadelphia Experiment?
0: (laughs) Librarians make sense if you're actually watching the show instead of me just describing it to you, and also if you're not my parents. Because my parents have not been exposed to enough time travel stories to understand the hoops they have to get through for them to be good.
1: Yeah. Like... Uh, there's this one book series out there. It's not that great, but it's called the 1632 series. It's about a small town in West Virginia that um, due to, in the far future, alien space bats using time as art. I'm not kidding. They... Wait,
0: time as art?
1: Yes!
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> they end up being wiped out because they're fucking around with time too much for the aesthetic. <laughs> so anyway this town in west virginia in 2000 because (laughs) of the alien space bat art gets plucked out of its time and place and sent to 1632 in the middle of germany during the middle of the 30 years war (laughs) <laughs> but instead of causing any time paradoxes and accidental I'm my own grandfather situations uh Eric Flint just said this is its own he did the whole parallel universe thing which is like thank god
0: <laughs> well he'd have to because then the time art would just be a huge mess <laughs> and that is just so gauche
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> This time travel plot is a total Monet. It looks fine from a distance, but when you look at it closely, it's just a mess.
1: (laughs) So, anyway. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. King Arthur is a mess, because it started off as Celtic mythology, specifically Welsh and Cornish mythology, got Christianized. Might have some roots in actual history, and then writers over time just treated this as an expanded universe, like Star Wars, before you know most of the expanded universe got cut, and the (laughs) fanboys turned into Howard monkeys.
0: So, yeah, oh no, they were Howard monkeys from the beginning, I'm certain. Which story involves King Arthur fighting a giant otter? (laughs) <laughs> Where's the story where a succession of clones of Morgan Le Fay tried to possess the son of Arthur and Guinevere?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, basically, going back to Sir Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, it is easy to adapt into a short uh, animated movie that you could probably, you know, farm it out to some film festivals and throw onto yeah. the TV.
0: Like, honestly, I can't see this being longer than half an hour. Yeah. Like, when you think about it, it's, like, such a simple story that it makes sense there would be a poem, and you would probably even have the poem with some edits, I imagine, going on in the background, just narrating everything that happens.
1: Or you could do something similar to um, The Last Unicorn, where you basically have, like, the Pearl poet kind of show up in some form to give exposition, basically. (laughs) I love The Last Unicorn. Also, great opening theme.
0: I've never seen The Last Unicorn.
1: You have to see The Last Unicorn. And at least look up, like, their main song for it. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. Um.
0: Um, Yeah, because if you wanted to make this longer than half an hour, you'd have to make it, like, an adaptation of several Arthurian stories.
1: Yeah. Like, there would be so much padding, and...
0: Like you said, take all of Gawain's side quests and put them in the second act. Yeah.
1: And... That might not hold enough people's attention anyway. Besides, we're here for some sexy fun times. And some beheadings.
0: Yes, that's what Christmas means to me. <laughs> what if we just rebooted this as a Hallmark Christmas movie? Oh. I don't even know where to start with that. I just like the idea. Uh. But we keep in the decapitations.
1: <laughs> and the kind of sort of incest. <sighs>
0: Here's the thing about incest. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know. Personally, this might be a hot take, but I think
1: incest? (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. (laughs) And like, I have been exposed to enough V.C. Andrews that I am numb to incest at this point.
0: (laughs) Like, I understand the King Arthur stuff happened so long ago and was written so long ago that that was just kind of part of the course.
1: What bigger reveal- we're
0: Marrying your cousin was the goal.
1: Yeah. It's like, what bigger shocking reveal that you can get than, Oh, she was his half-sister. Ah. Uh...
0: <laughs> it's like the medieval equivalent of that one vibe. <laughs> and they were cousins. Oh my god, they were cousins.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, Oh, half-siblings? Cute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's basic. That is some basic incest. I'm expecting some high-level incest. <laughs> incest. I want a family tree so tangled that you thought it was one kind of incest, but it's a different kind of incest. We are talking about incest way too much for a Christmas episode.
1: <laughs> Look, we're doing incest the Summer's family style, so there will be time travel involved.
0: As an in X-Men?
1: As an X-Men.
0: I don't think they ever had to worry about incest. Clones, yes.
1: (laughs) Okay, but that could have led to some issues.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure there were some close calls, but I think at a certain point, by the time the Summer's family tree became the tangled web it is, (laughs) I think everyone involved also became very self-aware.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like- I'm
0: pretty sure there's still a secret third Summer's brother out there.
1: Oh, definitely. Someone is just itching to write about that.
0: The Summers are like Pringles, but you can't have just one.
1: <laughs> oh boy, the Summers family. Uh, so, yeah, and interestingly enough, the idea just popped into my head. This could be the doorway to a bit of like a kind of interesting little fairy tale universe of short movies of Arthur Dunn, Because some of the previous arthur movies have um oof. man
0: you just lean hard into the book wildness yeah. of king arthur
1: yeah this is just like what is so i think what people find so hard with arthurian myth aside from the fact that it's like so old and so foundational to english speaking literature and society and all that sort of stuff that it's hard to give it a fresh take and I would almost say, don't think about it too hard. Like, this is sort of like, this is just sort of going old school. Like, Don't
0: question the medieval fan fiction.
1: Yeah, look, you're dealing with mythology. Mythology is weird. So you lean into how weird stuff is, the how just like shit happens. And all of a sudden, oh, there's this weird fairy lady who's um, giving me a sword. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that all viewers are morons. It's just like, this is high fantasy. This is where high fantasy Mm -hmm. comes from.
0: Okay, but it's like, at a certain point, you want things to follow a kind of logic. Even if it's a fairy tale logic, like, keep it to its own internal logic.
1: Yeah, like, you have to establish the logic, and the magic A is magic A, and you be consistent with it. That's probably why you need someone who's got, like, the movie Bible or whatever, or has, like, all the notes. This is your lore master. You go to the lore master if you have any questions. Yeah. So, yeah, you keep it consistent. But, like, I think the big thing, or like one of the things, is just like we have the whole dark and gritty thing, or hey, we're going to be like historically accurate and set this during like when the Roman evacuation from Britain and all that. And that wasn't quite that historically accurate. And no, the Anglo Saxons didn't really invade so much as like they set up some settlements and then there was a power vacuum and everybody was trading with them because they had a bigger trade network than they did because it went further east and everybody just started speaking English like the actual Anglo-Saxons and the Jutes didn't leave that much of a genetic mark on the peoples of the British Isles the Vikings had a bigger genetic impact
0: (laughs) on most of the world yeah (laughs) the Vikings and the Mongols
1: oh yeah (laughs)
0: If you're not descended from one, you're absolutely descended from the other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Especially out in Eastern Asia.
0: Yeah. At this point.
1: Yeah. Genghis Khan's Y chromosome? Ooh, boy.
0: So we discussed a lot of things that were not King Arthur this episode, but I feel like that made it one of the better ones.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And hey, we kept it fairly concise, too.
0: We did. I think I am going to start enforcing like an hour, hour and a half at most on these.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because we can get a bit too wild with this unless yeah. unless we are doing, like, a special where we are talking about something big.
0: Even that, I would say, if we get too long, I would cut into two episodes. Like, I feel like the next Once Upon a Time episode is going to get chopped into two, and then we'll just take a week off after it.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's when we're going full hog into fanfic territory at this point. Yes.
0: Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to add on to... Sir Gawain? Yeah.
1: Uh, animated, playing it sincere. No, not really. Yay, we got a shorty.
0: I just realized with the poem going on in the background, it all of a sudden comes full circle and becomes the Grinch again.
1: (laughs) See, there is Christmas stuff in here.
0: You're a mean one, Morgan Le (laughs) Fay. You're weirdly into your nephew.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now we gotta come up with a with the, we gotta extend that song
0: you put merlin inside a rock but we kind of get that one <laughs> morgan Fay. i don't know enough lore about yeah. morgan Fay because yeah. myths and legends podcast hasn't gotten that far into arthur yet
1: Well, if you're interested, there's the Overly Sarcastic Productions that you should check out on YouTube. They've done multiple videos about Arthurian myth.
0: Nice. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's also like books I can find. I feel like there are a few books on King Arthur, like at least one or two.
1: Check out Overly Sarcastic Productions. You won't regret it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hashtag (laughs) non-spawn.
1: Yeah. Non-sponsored content. I know. We need to get some sponsors.
0: We should. We need to get on Google Play. I like how Ryan was like subtly asking us. (laughs) Yeah. When I have five minutes to breathe, I'll look into it.
1: Yeah. Look, December's not our month.
0: No. no. January. Ah, oh, when the New Year comes it's over for you, hoes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at sluts. <laughs>
0: when, <laughs> new Year's New Year's resolution, be the bitch you want to see in the world.
1: <laughs> so anyway, Tanner, where can people find you?
0: Uh, they can't. I'm a ghost. That's I'm kidding. You can find me on Twitter at Sparky Upstart. You can find me on Instagram at SparkyUpstart. I managed to keep all my branding the same. Take that, Ryan.
1: Oh. oh. Shots fired. <laughs> bra, bra. <laughs> um I'm at Lindsay M four seven six. It's Lindsay spelled with an A on Twitter and Instagram. Lindsay,
0: do you want a hint for the next episode, which would be our New Year's episode?
1: Woo! sure yeah i have
0: no new i have no new year's plans specifically that's fine like you know i know i know you were saying that there aren't as many christmas things that we could reboot there is even less new year's things we could reboot i know
1: nobody cares about those holidays yeah (laughs) okay people do care about christmas but nobody cares about new year's no yeah
0: there should be more new Year's stuff like i want i want to be more new year's episodes of tv shows i mean okay doctor who's doing a new year special
1: yeah that's cool
0: anyways so but i'm afraid that on new year's um our, the character that we'll be talking about next week can't buy you a drink, but he can write you a prescription. Okay. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, till next time.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. One merry happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. I just
0: felt... Sorry, my dog just dive-bombed off my bed. Oh. (laughs) I love you, flower.